Um, I'm, I'm, it's live, okay? So um, it says live on it right now, and it was starting. It was counting from one second. So I got it right, Miss April. Uh, if you didn't know, I thought we were doing this last week, and uh, I didn't hit the button that says record. So yeah, all right. That's a problem. Miss Irene got me straight, you know, Sunday afternoon. Um, it is is great seeing everybody. We're going to be uh, kind of bouncing around today. Um, Colossians 1, 9-14 that Sally uh, read a few moments ago, um, I guess can kind of serve as the the the, uh, the main passage, the central passage, but really uh, we're going to be kind of bouncing around. Um, but um, as so as if you want to go there, you can, Colossians 1, 9-14. But... Um, so do y'all do you guys know anybody who you would um, would consider before I start? I just gotta say I, I'm already thinking about it, and Alex and Emily aren't here. But Alex and Emily, and, and they they should be here when I'm saying the story. But they told me they had a bet on how many times I take my glasses off and on uh, during the service, um, and, and and Emily said she won, said it was under ten. Uh, and and uh, Alex had the over, and she had the under, and I'm like, now I'm now I'm conscious of it. I, I mean, but I can't see. I was telling my students that the other day, I can't see unless I do like my arms not long enough. But anyway, um, but but any, tell me y'all like, amen. Um, so, do what? Oh, I say all the time. Yeah, these are, these are. You're right, man. I, I'm sorry. So now Facebook will be will be counting uh, how many times I do it. Hey, do that as long as you pay attention. I don't. Anyway, but anyway, um, but do you guys uh, do y'all know anybody who would be considered a green thumb, like somebody who's just really good? You're pointing at Miss Jan. Are you, you? You're pretty good at. Pretty good at. She. Okay. You're, you're, is that a humble brag? I'm pretty good at it, or you're yeah, you're pretty good at it. All right. Um, well, you know, it's amazing how they can get anything to grow. I think Sally's talked about that, and she's like, I don't think she has as much success as her as her mom. She does pretty good, but I think um, uh, their mom, Sally and, and Rich's mom, she's pretty good uh, at it. Um, and my grandma is really good with flowers. You ever go to my grandma's house, um, you know, just flowers everywhere, um, you know. So, um, and it's a beautiful thing. I tried to, I try to find a flower background, but trees will have to suffice, okay, for this for this four week series because we're starting week one um, of of the of the series that we're going to call Grow. Um, it's four weeks, and then when uh, after these four weeks, we'll be in the Book of Ephesians for the rest of the calendar year. Okay, and so uh, we just want to kind of take a, you know, we, we did, we went through the scripture, and I do like to preach, I prefer preaching through the scriptures that way, but every now and then it's okay to do a to do a topical um, series, and so we, we're going to do that um, today, I pray that God will bless it uh, today in the next couple of days, but we're looking at the idea, idea of grow, and today we're going to take each letter of grow, uh, and each week it'll be something that will begin with that, with that letter, and so this week the G for grow is give it all you got. Okay, I feel like a cheerleader who used to say that. You know, get 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 give it all you got. Get give it all you got. No, all right, that will never happen again. All right, so Facebook, congratulations. Um, but uh, growth is a beautiful thing, right? Um, and flowers and, and plants, and it takes it takes effort and time. It just doesn't happen overnight. You just don't have a plant and it's beautiful the next day, right? Uh, from what I understand anyway, I'm not really one to be growing anything. Uh, but I think about farmers. My dad's been a farmer um, since I can remember. Um, you know, Alex is a farmer. Uh, and, you know, it, it takes it takes time and effort, you know, and, and you plant the seed and you water it and you, and you hope it's going to grow and produce something uh, worthy. And uh, what are some other things that, that we, we like to see grow? You know, other than plants, you know, trees, uh, kids, 
right? We want to see kids grow, uh, mature. What's that? Church. Yes, church. Um, uh, teams, if you're on a team. Uh, our bank account. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, my, my waist size is growing, and but my, my uh, bank account, not so much. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, um, you know, but it really is a wonderful thing to see people and plants and all just grow. And I think it wouldn't be too much of a stretch to say that God, God also likes to see people grow. Why would he be any different? I think that he he won't. Does, I don't think he wants us to stay the same. I think the Bible is pretty clear on that. We see some, and we're going to look at that today. That we should be growing spiritually. So as we begin again this grow series, the G stands for give it all you got. But our central statement is God wants all Christians to give everything we have in our walk with Him to give everything we have. And and uh, unfortunately, the Lord, Mr. Lawrence, don't get mad at me. It's not alliterative today, so uh, just forgive me today. But uh, I do think, um, I hope that you will, will be uh, challenged today, will be encouraged as well. Um, and I kind of like both of them, actually, in, in one. And so uh, Colossians 1, uh, 9 through 14, I just want to read, I might not read all that, I might just read a couple, the first two verses of it. It says, For this reason also, since the day we heard this, we haven't stopped praying for you, for you. We are asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, so that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God. Bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God. That's kind of that's what we, that's what we want. That's what we want everybody to do. If in the church and, and not just in the church, but everybody who uh, who is saved, we want them to see them grow. Uh, there are some other places um, that that Paul talked about where people weren't doing that. And, and I know some of you know this, but um, Hebrews 5, verses 11 through 14, and then in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, okay? So Hebrews chapter 5, verses 11 through 14 say this, We have a great deal to say about this, this is Paul, and it is difficult to explain since you have become too lazy to understand. Right? Although by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the basic principles of God's revelation again. You need milk, not solid food. Now everyone who lives on milk is inexperienced with the message about righteousness because he is an infant. But solid food is for the mature, for those whose senses have been trained to distinguish between good and evil. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, it says, verses 1 and 2, it says, For my part, brothers and sisters, this is to a whole different group of people. It says, I was not able to speak to you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as babies in Christ. I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, since you were not ready for it. In fact, you are still not ready. Some pretty sad words. All right? uh, and I know you guys are familiar with that. But he tells us uh, in, in Hebrews that some Christians are not mature enough in their faith. He says he also says in church in Corinth was that way too, and that they were still not even ready then for solid food. In addition, I know you caught this because I kind of try to make it stand out. He refers to the people being lazy, being lazy. Strong words, but it must have been true. But what about us? Um, is, is one of the issues with us not growing in our relationship due to laziness and our pursuit of holiness? I would, I would venture to say probably so. Some Christians still live, uh, sadly, Sunday to Sunday with church service being the only time they are fed spiritually. And, and I know you've heard this. It's not anything like groundbreaking, but sometimes we have to hear things a lot of times to get it, right, brother? But we, we don't do anything else. We, I, I know people who, who they, they don't do anything else throughout the week, you know, uh, and, and it's Sunday to Sunday, and they get all the spiritual food uh, that they think they need, and that's it. But the thing is, that's not enough, you know. Um, uh, do we do that with food? I know Jimmy doesn't. All right, I'm just peaceful. Amen, brother. Amen. Have some steak. Got to have some steak today. All right, or a hamburger or something on the grill tomorrow. I mean, we don't wait. We don't eat just on Sundays. 
You know, why, why do we do the same thing spiritually? And, and you can see because uh, the effects of that. There, there's not a lot of fruit there. We're going to talk about that as well. So if you are taking notes, the first point is God desires for us to grow spiritually. I think we've kind of already seen it. Uh, and I'm going to want to introduce you to a few specific growth areas. Now, this isn't, this isn't all of it, but um, it, it's a few of them that I think um, go with this today. Um, and I just want you to ask yourself as we go through it, you know, are you giving it all you got all right, in these areas? And so, again, if you're taking notes, the first area is, uh, first spiritual area of growth is grow in grace and knowledge. Grace and knowledge. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, I told you we're going to be bouncing around today. 2 Peter 3, verse 18, it says, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and to the day of eternity. See, I, there, was a, there was a time in my life whenever I didn't show much grace. Um, at all, uh, I, I held some things. I held some things against my dad for years, okay? and I mean, it's sad to say it, but I didn't talk to my dad for a couple of years. There were some things that, that were going on that now, now we're great, now we're fine. Um, but I didn't have a lot of grace. Uh, I, I didn't want to forgive, you know, um, and I refused to give him a chance. And and I can also recall, man, you know, Jimmy, you don't even know, buddy. Jimmy's the only student here today. Uh, but um, but back in the day, I, I didn't have a whole lot of patience for my students at all. Like, I, I grew a lot in that area. I think I did. Um, I'm pretty sure I did. But, I, boy, I, whew, man, when I first, my first seven or eight years, man, don't make don't make Coach Murphy mad. All right? uh, and, I, you know, and, and um, I, I would just go off. And so I feel like I have I have grown in, in that grace. Um but what again? The question is, what about what about you? What about all of us? Um, we have been, been given so much grace from God, right? We should extend that to, to to others. And if you look in that verse again, it doesn't say just grace. It says knowledge. How how much knowledge do you have? Like, can you honestly say that you know more about the things of God today than you did a year ago? All right? It's either yes or no. All right, but hopefully it's more. Hopefully, hopefully you're growing in the grace and knowledge. Hopefully you you show more grace to people now, um, as each day passes by, that you know more about the things of God. Well, how do you gain knowledge about uh, about anything else? You you got to study it, right? You got to read it. Right? I want to know about uh, building a septic, or doing a septic tank. I probably have to read about that because I surely couldn't do it. You know, well the same thing. How do we do it? All right, by by reading the word. Uh, by reading the word yourself, not just listening to somebody else all the time, but actually reading it for yourself. And I, I've said this many times here recently. I just, I just, I plead to you, church, to to maintain a discipline of reading the Bible. All right, read it. Okay, even if you have really never done it before in your life, read it. Start, start today. Okay, start in the Book of John. Start, you know, start in Mark. I mean, those are two really good places to start. I feel like if I can at least get that to you guys, I've done an okay job as a pastor. Because how, how do you know the mind of Christ unless you read His Word? Amen? And the next area other than, other than grace and knowledge is to grow in love. To grow in love. Philippians 1, 9-11 says this, And I pray this, that your love will keep on growing in knowledge and every kind of discernment, so that you may approve the things that are superior and may be pure and blameless in the day of Christ. Filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. God desires for us to grow in love. And, and you, you know what our, our motto is, to love God and love others. And we should be growing in that area. All right? We should have more and more love for God in us and more and more love for other people, no matter their differences uh, that we have between us. 
we should be more loving as times pass. I mean, uh, you know, we really shouldn't be um, a Christian that's been a Christian for uh, 20, 30 years and is a cur- curmudgeonly Christian. You know, it really shouldn't be the case. We, we, we should be loving uh, to other people. And look in John, look at a couple of little verses here. John 13, verse 35 says, By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. By, by what? If you love one another. All right? we'll, we'll, that would be proof for everybody, hey, we're, we're disciples of Christ. All right? Because we love, we love one another. We love each other. And then John 14, verse 15, If you love me, you will keep my commands. Right? So if we love God, we say we love Him, we'll keep, we'll keep us in this book. But then how do we know what's in the book if we don't read it? It goes back to what I said a little while ago. And then just kind of put it all under one umbrella. If you're taking notes, just simply grow in every way. I didn't know how else to say it because that's how the Bible says it. Okay? Grow in every way. Ephesians 4, 15 through 16 says this, But speaking the truth in love, let us grow in every way into Him who is the head, Christ. For from Him the whole body, fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament, promotes the growth of the body for building up self-love by the proper working of each individual part. It's, it just grow up in everything. Right? We should, I believe, we can see that God desires for us to grow. Amen. Which is the whole point. And this is a crazy question. Just stay with me here. And I wish, I wish, uh, um, Kaylee and, and Anson or Emily and Alex were here because they they have babies on the way. But um, you know, this is a crazy question. I know it's kind of mean, but ha- can we just be honest for a second that that sometimes, I mean, babies are awfully cute and we love them, but. Their heads are a little bit disproportionately bigger than the rest of our bodies. Can we at least be honest with that? I mean, you know, like it, 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 they they are okay. They are all right. Like hey, Matt, name good to see you guys. Pray for you earlier today, but uh, but you know, I think we can admit that. But uh, you know, so figuratively speaking, we we should be growing in a balanced way. All right. I know it was kind of a stretch there, but Galatians five twenty two through twenty twenty three says, "But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace." patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The law is not against such things. And so my point is, is that these, those areas should, they, these should be evident of a, of a, of a life of a Christian, all right, these areas. Um, and it's good to kind of look at it and say, you know what, I'm doing pretty good in this area, but not so good in this one. But really, this, this, these things should be evident, uh, in your life. Um, as a basketball coach, I wanted my players to be good at everything, even if they were a big guy who couldn't dribble that well. Well, we still did ball handling drills for the big guys, too. You know, we, we taught them how to dribble, too. You know, and, and we taught little guys how to rebound. You know, and, and we, I wanted my guys to be well-rounded. All right? But, um, again, the idea is, is, um, is the fruitfulness in your life and to be growing in a balanced way as well. But I think sometimes you'll see there's there, there, it, you know some areas might not be as on par where you want it to be. Okay, so you want to pray and help uh, ask God to help you in that area. Um, speaking of fruit, if you're taking notes, God desires for us to bear it as Christians. Amen. All right, and so uh, Colossians one ten, so that you may walk worthy of the Lord. I just read it, fully pleased in Him, bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God. The whole idea. I know you've heard the, the statement, uh, you, "You shall know them by their fruit." You know. Um, all that simply means is, yeah, I mean, you, the, the things that we mentioned earlier, like, they, they should be evident in the life of a Christian. I mean, it should be obvious. You know, we should see those things in their lives. You know, we can know them by their fruit. As Christians, we should give 100% effort in these areas because, again, God wants all Christians to give everything we have in our walk with them as we begin this four-week study on grow. Number two, Jesus was our example. Right, so number one, God God desires for us to do these things, and number two, He gave us an example. 
And I don't know about you all, but it's, it, you know, um, I always like having somebody teach me how to do something the right way, you know, if I'm learning something. It's always good to have somebody to, to, to model after. Okay, that's how you do that. Okay. Um, okay, I think I can do that now, right? Um, so role models is very important. Even I can remember even before I was a Christian, it was, I don't know, mom, dad, I don't know, but it, it was always important to me to, to be a good example you know, when I was an athlete, and it'd be a good example to kids, to talk to the kids and, and all that. And uh, it's just so much easier when you have a good example to follow, no matter what it is. And so I don't think we can think of a better example than Jesus Christ as far as growth goes. What are you talking about, Brother Patrick? Luke 2, verse 52. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with people. It's the end of a chapter there of Luke chapter 2. And a lot of times we don't really re, re kind of gloss over it. But he grew too. He grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and people because he was 100% man and 100% God. He's a wonderful example for us. Um, you know, I wasn't the best athlete uh, in the world. I, I've actually used this story uh, a lot lately, and I, I wished um, they were here. But, like, seriously, my sister Erin, she's a natural basketball player. Like, seriously, I, I mean, a natural shooter. She could go out. I would work for hours. I would shoot for hours in the, in the yard, and my sister Erin would come out of the house and not even do anything, take a ball and be way on outside and whoop, nothing but net. I'm like, how do you do that? Like, I had to work two hours to do that, you know. Uh, but, um, you know, I wasn't the best athlete, but but you weren't going to outwork me. That was always my motto, right? Uh, Jimmy, probably the same way in football. And other, you know, you, you're not going to outwork me. And I, and, I, and I try to pass that along to my guys. I, had, I mean, I try to have a good work ethic in front of them. And, um, but, again, and this is a whole other point here, it wouldn't have mattered if my guys didn't want to follow my example, right? So, so where am I going? Like, you, you have to have a want to. Right? You have to have a want to. You have to have a want to follow the, the example of Jesus in your life. The old saying is you, can't take the, you can take the horse to water, but you what? You can't make them drink. Okay? Uh, A.W. Tozer said, The stiff and wooden quality about our religious lives is a result of our lack of holy desire. Complacency is a deadly foe of all spiritual growth. Acute desire must be present or there will be no manifestation of Christ to his people if we, if we don't have the desire to follow him. So ask yourself that question. Do you, do you have that desire to follow God? Because if Jesus, who was both 100% God, 100% man, grew spiritually, shouldn't we? Shouldn't we follow the example? We don't know it all anyway. Of course, I think that's part of the problem is I feel like sometimes we, we think we know it all and then we're not, we're not teachable. It's really hard to teach somebody who's not teachable. Right, Mr. Lord? Miss Sally? I mean, it definitely is. Not only that, but Jesus gave everything. And of course, we want to talk more about that later. He gave us an example to follow. Are we following? Because God wants all of us to give everything we have in our walk with Him. Point number three, if we're going to give it all, it's, that's all. It's sacrifice. Giving it all will involve sacrifice. That's what it means. That's what the word giving it all means. Um, I know you probably heard this story. There was some debate on whether this is a whether this is a made-up thing or not, you know, on the Internet. It doesn't really matter if it is or not. It's a story that I think is, is uh, very appropriate. Uh, the little girl who's, who, um, who she, um, she needed some blood, and uh, her twin brother had the, same, had the, the O blood that she needed, um, and the doctor was explaining the whole thing to him, and he sat quietly for a moment, and then he said goodbye to his parents um, as they're about to roll him back into the surgery room and all the operation room, and... Um, the doctor says he didn't think really anything of it until after we took his blood and it started the process. And he asked, so, so when will I die? 
right? See, he thought he was giving his life for for hers. What a what a beautiful story. And thankfully, they'll they're both fine. But Romans twelve verses one and two, one of my favorite um, passages in the Bible. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may discern what is a good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. And uh, this is your true worship. It, it, other pastors say is this, your, this is reasonable. This is, it, it means it's reasonable for you to do this. It's not unreasonable for, you, for us to give it all to God. It's not. Giving effort is not always easy. You know, some people push themselves to the limit. Have you, you, have you ever watched sports or uh, watched a show? That, I mean, they, these people push themselves to the ultimate limit. Like, anybody ever seen the show Alone? Like, it's, what is it, the History Channel or something like that? Like, it's like Survivor on, like, steroids. It's like, you know, they're, like, really surviving, you know, out in, 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 and what they put themselves through is amazing. I've always been, I've always been intrigued by that. I've always been intrigued by athletes who push themselves to the, uh, to the ultimate limit. But here in Romans, we see Paul urging the Christians in Rome to present their bodies as living sacrifices. And again, another word for that, that true worship is reasonable. All right? It's not out of question. Galatians 2.20, Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I mean, I, I can't, I don't think it can be any more clear in the Bible what God requires of us. Amen? Everything belongs to him anyway, including our lives. See, I can guarantee you, you know, some athletes in the house, and Miss Amy, and there's other me who, who are athletes, I guarantee you, as a coach, 99% effort from my players was not good enough. Nope, not at all. Right? It must be 100%. And same thing, he gave it all for us, so what should we do in return? I, I can remember one of my favorite things. I don't know if I've told you this story. I don't think I've told you this story before, but um, it's one of the things I actually do miss about tryouts, coaching. I, tryouts was not my favorite time because I didn't want to cut people, but I had to. Um, but the very first thing I did, I have to admit, that was one of my favorite things I did all year. Right? And so you, you'd have about, gosh, I don't even know, you'd, 50 or more players in there, middle school through high school. You know, they're all trying out for different levels, middle school, JB, varsity. They're all in the gym. and. Of course, it takes about 10 or 15 minutes maybe to, to make sure everybody has their paperwork in, their physicals and all, because I, would, I wouldn't let you practice with me without a physical because I, I might kill you. All right? I, we, we went that hard. All right? Like, you know, we people puked every time. I mean, you know, I'm trying to gross you out, but throwing up was a normal occasion in my tryouts. And, uh, and, and what, one of the things I love to do is I would like to kind of, you know, mosey on out to center court while, you know, people aren't really paying attention. I kind of get right there in the middle, and I, I blow my whistle. And if they didn't get there, if they didn't run, if every person in the gym didn't run to me, what's the old saying, Jimmy? It was on like a chicken bone. All right? And it was uh, a lot of my players would say, you were so much more mean, you were so much meaner during tryouts. I'm like, I had to be. All right? I, I was trying to get people to quit. Okay? <laughs> like, I didn't have, I got to try to, you know, rather than me cutting them. But, you know, and the whole point was, uh, you know, and I would say, I would say, stop. And I say we don't we don't do that here, all right? We go a hundred percent in everything, even this from that drill to that drill. So let's try this again, okay? When I blow the whistle, you get here, you hustle here, you you make an effort to run. You don't walk. You can walk at the house, okay? And I would blow the whistle again, and then they're all running, and you know, and then they're scared for the rest of the time. <laughs> but anyway, but the point is, a hundred percent was was the requirement there. 
But why do we feel like as Christians that that 95% is good enough or 70%? I, I don't know. I mean, it speak again, this preaches to me before it preaches to you guys. Right? Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to give 100% because it's going to take sacrifice as well? And Jesus was our example, and God wants this for us. And what about number four? Well, it's a process. That's a process. Like we mentioned earlier, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. He's a new creature. The old has passed away, and see, the new has come. Like we said earlier, the plants just don't pop up. The flowers don't pop up overnight. It's a process. Okay? Yes, we become new creature, new creations. And we talked about but that before many times, how, how, why, how come in church we expect people to be just perfect and holy when they walk in our building? You know, and the whole idea of, you know, we have to catch the fish first before we clean them. <laughs> or whatever. You know, you don't, you don't clean the fish, right? you, you catch them. But at some point, though, we should advance in our lives and grow spiritually. It would be natural, right? It's natural for a plant to, to grow. It should be natural part of our existence as a Christian to grow in our relationship with Christ. I mean, what do we think about what we do? I feel like the churches have messed up on this. Like people will come and walk the aisle, they'll, they'll get saved, and thankfully we've had men, we've been blessed here. We've had several do that and got baptized, but I see so many churches, and that's that they just that's it, you know. Um, and and there's not a class full for them, or nobody meets with them, and they just, you know, and I, I, I feel like I met with most everybody, maybe not all all of them, but. Um, because I'm not perfect, but the whole idea is like let's get them, let's get them learning, let's let's get them, let's teach them uh, how to grow in their relationship with Christ. So this is kind of a crazy question, but have you guys ever? Uh, I hate to admit this. Have you ever seen the movie Billy Madison? All right, anybody? All right, okay. Some y'all, okay. It is not. I don't recommend it. Okay, unless it's completely edited for TV. Okay, uh, but um, Billy Madison is a grown man, and he went back to ed- to elementary school. Right. Ridiculous. He'd be sitting in the class with, with kids like six-year-olds, you know, and he's like a 30-year-old man. It was ridiculous. Or uh, how about Elf? We've seen Elf, right? Uh, Elf, I, I love Elf. All right? And big old Will Ferrell sitting in those little desks, right? You know, it, it's ridiculous to even think about that, right? You know, but there's a point, okay? Um, it would, it's, would be really strange to see somebody like that staying in elementary school as an adult. It really would, right? Anybody get my point? We do it spiritually, don't we? It's ridiculous to even watch that show, that movie, and be like, that looks so crazy. But it happens in churches all the time. You know, and, and again, my, I, I preach this to me first, all right, but if people have been Christians for 10 years or so and they still, they, they still, they don't, they don't spend any time with God at all. It's just Sunday to Sunday. And anyway. Hebrews 6, verse 1 says, Therefore, let us leave the elementary teaching about Christ and go on to maturity. Not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works, faith in God. Again, one of the problems with the Church of Christ today, I believe, is that too many Christians are still in elementary spiritual school. They're still in elementary school. They're not in middle school yet. And they should be graduating. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11 says, When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put aside childish things. We must put aside childish things. We get so worked up over things that don't matter. Really. You know, and, and I'm not saying, I'm be careful, but I'm not saying that's not, that politics and all that's not important, but when we put it above Christ, that's a problem. I hope I can say that and not 
and just be honest here this morning. We need to understand that growth is a process and we should be striving for holiness in our lives. John Newton said, I'm not what I ought to be. I'm not what I want to be. You've heard me say this quote before. I'm not what I hope to be in another world, but still I'm not what I once used to be. And by the grace of God, I am what I am. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to move forward. And our spiritual journey might look like this right here, like the, my drawings when I was a little kid or something, you know, and I can't connect the dots. But, you know, it's okay. We still just keep pushing forward. And the next point is you have help. You have help. Okay? And we'll talk more about this in week three, okay, in a couple of weeks from now. Uh, it's just the other day I needed help with my projector, like at school. Like, for whatever reason, my projector wasn't working, you know. And then Ryan Mitchell came came in. He did a little thing on a couple things on my computer, and poof, there it was. I was like, thank you, Ryan. I appreciate it. I need help from time to time. Some would say I need help very often. Um, and the, But amen. I don't, they, hey, they, they, thank you. Thank you. That's the first one I got today. All right. Um, there was a lot of omis today, I think. Um, and I think there's two, there's two areas. And, again, this is not profound. This is simple, but it's true. Help from God and help from other Christians. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. Listen to it. And just let the words, you can just read the words, just let it wash over you. I am sure of this, that he who started a good work in you, God, Christ Jesus, will carry on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. He, he's going to do it. You need to rely on him. Okay? Or Philippians 2, 13. For it is God who is working in you, both to will and to work according to his good purpose. God is doing the work. Rely on Him. God will help you through this process. He gives us the Holy Spirit uh, in that. John 14, verse 26, But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I've told you. He'll help. He gave the Helper, the Holy Spirit, to be with us, and you have Him already in your life if you're saved. Rely on Him. Listen to Him. Ask Him for guidance. When you go to read the Word, God, pray by your Holy Spirit that you'll lead Him and direct me into what you want me to learn today. A simple prayer. Very effective. You are not in this alone. You're not in this alone. Too many times we feel like we are. We're just by ourselves. And we don't have anybody else that we can rely on, that we can ask for help. And that's a sad place to be. And Ecclesiastes 4, verses 9 and 10 says, Two are better than one because they have a good reward in their efforts. For if either falls, his companion can lift them up. But pity the one who falls without another to lift them up. Some wise words from... Uh, it's Ecclesiastes. Galatians 6 says, Carry one another's burdens. In this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Carry one another's burdens. I would sing, Lean on me to you guys, but I'm afraid I would lose everybody on Facebook, which it might only be like 10 people, but that's, or maybe two. I don't know. All right, But they'd, they'd probably shut me off all right, right now if I started saying, Lean on me when you're not strong. Okay, that's, that's all you get. So too many Christians, again, live this life on their own without any help from others. And I feel like that God created us for relationship. We crave that. God wants all Christians to give everything we have. Are we giving everything we have? Number six, and there's only a couple more left and we're done. All right, beware of roadblocks and hindrances. You know it had to come up eventually, right? I mean, I was, I was very conscientious as a coach to always have my teams well prepared, to be aware, be aware of what the other team does well and, and, you know, what could be a hindrance to us, what could block us. We, we, we were aware of those issues, so I have them very, very prepared. And this is another area we're going to talk a lot more in detail in two weeks, okay, in two weeks. But life is tough. Amen? Life is tough. Um, and, and we'll talk about that again. But sometimes, though, we're the cause of those of those problems okay and sometimes it's just the fall of mankind okay we live in a sinful world we live in a fallen world and sometimes the persecution as christians we're going to look at those three areas in a couple of weeks 
But look at Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 2. It says, Therefore, since we also have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross, despised the shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. So it says right there, and the sin that so easily ensnares us, let us lay aside. Is there an area of in your life that God doesn't control? Maybe a, maybe a little corner of your heart that you keep secret? Or I mean, why? Do, do you think that God can make a difference in that area? Or are you afraid to give it to Him that, um, that because uh, you like it too much? I don't know. Maybe it's a pet sin or something. It could be any of those things. Other people, by the way, can also be hindrances. And I wish I had more time to preach on this, but y'all said I could only go to 12. So um, I'm going to use that joke for a while. All right? Keep going back to the well. Okay. Um, other people can be hindrances. Galatians chapter 5, verse 7. You are running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? You, if you do some study there, you'll see he's actually talking about other Christians. And we do that to each other sometimes. We hinder, we hinder them. Because God wants all of us to give everything we have. All we given, everything we have. And this is the last point. Be encouraged. None of us have it figured out. Right? Not all. Not completely. I actually read the following in an article uh, from Relevant Magazine. And I just like the way they, they worded it here. So I'm just going to read, read this a little bit to you. It says, Many true Christians ask, Why am I not growing? Why is God not working in my life? And then they ask, Who says that you are not growing? Who says that God is not working in your life? I believe that the fact that you asked this question shows that you are growing. You might not see it, but you are growing. The fact that you care about this matter at all, because right, you didn't care about it when you weren't a Christian, right, the fact that you do care about it is an indication there's something going on there. And you know, sometimes as you know, as we go through this life, you know, again, just be encouraged. You know, we just keep putting one foot in front of the other. You know. Uh, and I'm going to talk more about that again in a couple of weeks. But uh, it's one of my favorite stories. And, and if you're familiar with it, then just humor me for a second. But that one day, a, a farmer's donkey fell into an, a, in an abandoned well. And um, the animal cried for a long time. And uh, the farmer tried to figure out what to do. And finally, he decided, you know, that the animal was just too old. And, well, you know, the well needed to be covered up anyway. So he made the sad decision that it just wasn't worth it to him to try to retrieve the donkey. He just just going to uh, just start putting uh, dirt on top of him. So he invited all his neighbors to come over and help him. They each grabbed a shovel and began to shovel dirt into the well. Realizing what was happening, the donkey at first cried and wailed horribly. Then a few shovelfuls later, he quieted down completely. The farmer peered down into the well and was astounded by what he saw. With every shovel full of dirt that hit his back, the donkey was doing something amazing. He would shake it off and take a step up on a new layer of dirt. As the farmer's neighbors continued to shovel dirt on top of the animal, more and more he would shake it off and take a step up. Pretty soon the donkey stepped up over the edge of the well and trotted off to the shock and astonishment of all the neighbors because he just shook it off and took a step. Sometimes in life, life be like that sometimes <laughs> I know it's a bad grammar but um, it, you know people on Facebook that will get that you know or it can be like Dory in the movie just keep swimming just keep swimming don't quit just because you get discouraged or things are tough yeah, we're going to talk about that in a couple of weeks because it will happen in our lives you know? 
there was a as I asked Mr. Lawrence to come down and there was a story uh, personal story I want to share with you I don't know why I'm getting emotional but um, it was about two weeks ago Sally knows it and the girls know it because they, they heard me tell the story but I have this little girl who um, <clears throat> has cerebral palsy at school this year and she's in my PE class and, and she you know she's kind of hunched over a little bit and it's, you know it's kind of obvious you know that she has some issues physically, um, but my, she's a sweetheart. Oh my goodness, man! I have to get my elbow from her every day. It's an elbow this year, and it's not a bump. It's it's not a bump or a handshake. It's an elbow, and she's got to make sure she gives me an elbow every day, and I got to make sure I can see her and give her an elbow every day. Um, and we we were we we were in the gym, and it was a free day that day, so most of them were shooting basketball, and she had a basketball, and, and not not making it up, not exaggerating on the time. I actually, most of the time I would move around and walk around and, and, and hang out with other kids and stuff, but that day I just hung out with her. Um, and and she tried to make the basket, she tried to make a, a basket with a basketball the whole 35, 40 minutes. And I rebounded for her the whole time. And I was, I stood up to go, I got the ball, I would hand it to her and give it back. And, and, she, and, and I would say, you got this. And she said, I got this. And she'd miss again. I get the ball. I said, you got this, girl. And she said, I got this. And she missed again. And and she didn't make it the whole class period. But she said, I got this before every throw. Ooh, we had an attitude like that. And every time she thought she was going to make it. And what an amazing witness to, that would be for us when things get tough in our life and we just say, we got this because we have God on our side. Amen. Maybe we were able to say like Paul in 2 Timothy, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. There is reserved for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. And not only to me, but to all those who have loved his appearing. Amen. So as we finish today, if you're not a Christian, then nothing I said today really uh, helps you a whole lot as far as that goes. Hopefully it helps you some and draws you to want to know Christ as your Savior. And it's uh, really simple. You know, we've all sinned. Romans tells us this. We've all sinned. We've, there's no one righteous. No, not one. And for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Something that we don't earn. What we do earn is, is sin, is, is, is death and separation from Him. What we do get from God's gift is eternal life. And then Romans 5, 8, God showed His love for us that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. And then, and then it goes on to say, if we confess from, with our mouths, Lord Jesus, uh, Jesus is Lord, and believe that God raised Him from the dead, we will be saved. And finally, I want to end this, Romans 10, 13, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Just be assured of it. You called on you, you be assured of it. And so thank you all uh, for your time today. We're going to ask Miss Sally to come lead us. And uh, as we sing a song of invitation.